0: Dr. Michael Dorbes is co-director of the Internet Social Media and Politics Research Lab called TAHI at Victoria University of Wellington and has researched the spread of disinformation. He's been watching this play out and joins us now. Kira, what are your observations about the misinformation being generated by this case?
1: Well, there are um, two different elements that are at play here that are aiding the spread of this misinformation. One of them, which you could clearly hear in that last clip, is emotion. Um, Certainly a child facing a life-threatening situation is an emotional situation to be in. And one of the things that people like to do when faced with uh, that kind of turmoil is get some semblance of control. Um, The other element that aids the spread of misinformation in this area is the use of pseudoscientific language that sort of gives the impression of expertise. And you'll hear people um, that are spreading misinformation about the vaccine reference things like mRNA or spike proteins or inflammation um, that suggests that they have a kind of expertise that they really don't have. So when you have someone facing a stressful situation, hearing someone talk with what seems like authority about um, the vaccine, um, but saying that the vaccine is unsafe, it just makes that information seem more believable. And that's playing out. In this situation.
0: How dangerous is it in terms of the platform that this case has been given? Because it's not just being um, watched locally, it is being watched internationally and in fact um, some of the people involved have uh, appeared on platforms that have enormous followings.
1: Yeah, I mean there's a a very serious concern about threats to public health and safety here when uh, this information is shared again not just locally but internationally and could potentially convince others that the use of uh, blood from people who have been vaccinated is unsafe. Um, And certainly when it gets into these large international platforms, the reach that that information can have can spread exponentially. I mean, Alex Jones has a a significant and incredibly loyal following, um, and they are playing into the emotion of this situation to further that spread of misinformation. I mean, Alex Jones compared um, what's going on right now in the hospital to, to Joseph Mendel, right? So the, the Nazi doctor, right? That's not a statement that you make if you're not trying to play on people's emotions.
0: Yeah, there's this talk of medical experiments, comparisons to Auschwitz, and talk about the state stealing a baby. How do you, well, how do you push back against things that are clearly not true, but some people are believing?
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, if you look at the, the psychology of the way that people believe uh, and hold on to false information as truth, you see that even if you present them with irrefutable evidence of their belief being wrong, it actually ends up, in, in many cases, strengthening their belief in the incorrect information instead of convincing them of the, the truth of factual information. And part of that is the way that people react. Um, When they're presented with something that completely conflicts with their understanding of the world, uh, it results in a condition that most people are aware of called um, cognitive dissonance. And the way that we get rid of that discomfort of cognitive dissonance is through another process called motivated reasoning. Um, So people choose the information that makes them feel better. And often what makes people feel better is to get rid of the information that's causing them that discomfort, which is the actually correct information. So they double down. Um so um debunking um trying to uh present people with factually incorrect information often in in many cases just simply doesn't work.
0: So, so what is effort- the answer because you are painting a picture sadly that shows how incredibly difficult it is to turn this around.
1: Yeah. Um and and if we had easy answers I would love to share them. Um I'm I'm not that smart, but um but there are some programs that are working. Um, right now that can help with that. Um, one of those, uh, one of the ideas now is called pre-bunking, which is just flooding um, and getting factually correct information out and publicly available in advance of those who are trying to spread misinformation for potentially uh, personal and selfish reasons, um, but also information literacy, training people how to spot um, issues in information that are being shared, even small things like Factual, um, basic factual errors, uh, typography typo- errors, um, incorrect grammar, anything that might tip you off to the fact that the information that is being shared might not come from a reputable source.
0: Because that is Interesting. That's interesting doctor and I'm sorry to interrupt but the thing is Definitely. when you look at some of the information the the disinformation and misinformation that is circulating some is some you would argue is close to the truth some is close to factual information but the um and then there are these huge leaps as well and they're all mixed in together so as as an observer or someone consuming it how do you tell that you've gone down the rabbit hole
1: <laughs> well First of all, it's not a rabbit hole anymore. This misinformation is out in the public and is generally um, accessible to everyone, right? You don't need to go down a rabbit hole to experience this misinformation. But how do you know? I mean, the best thing to do, um, and you're absolutely right, first of all, is that um, this incorrect information is often mixed with information that is correct, which gives it, again, that sense of veracity, that sense of truth. But the best thing to do is to listen to experts in the field, And I know the issue with that right now is that there is a lot of mistrust of people like medical professionals, people in government, academics like me, journalists like you. Um, And so we're really looking at the fact that we need um, a social program, uh, not just in in Aotearoa but uh, in several countries throughout the world that rebuilds trust in all of those social institutions. And so what we're looking at is a long-term, almost generational effort to get people to believe in basic science again. And that's not a happy prognosis, but there are tons of people working really, really hard to make that happen right now.
0: Really appreciate your time this evening. Thank you for joining us. That is Dr Michael Dorbs, co-director of the Internet, Social Media and Politics Research Lab, Kōtahi, at Victoria University of Wellington.